Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> And edit it. <laughs> hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. <laughs> <laughs> and you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hello and welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicky and as always I'm sitting here with Jess Perkins and Matt Stewart. Hello. Hello. Dave. Dave. Great to be here. How are you? Great, thanks. Thank you. Great as well. <laughs> yeah. I had two toasted sandwiches for breakfast. All right. Were they both the same or did you mix it up? Both the same. What were they? Just cheese. Okay. <laughs> it's pretty had, boring and I loved it. I had one super nut energy bar. Soup and nut. Super nut? Super nut. Super nut. I heard soup super nut. and nut. And I was like, how the fuck do uh, you put soup well, in a your bar? Your favourite chocolate... Surprising to all of us is fruit and nut. Yeah, you are boring. Well, no, as a child it was. What <laughs> now? What's the reason for you like that? You have a theory. Because fruit and nut, oh, for anyone overseas, it's like you get your Cadbury, which is your, your basic dairy milk here, and then you also have the good. one where you add in little bits of fruit and nut, and most children, that's disgusting. But yeah, is it, what did I tell you? Because it sounded slightly healthier? No, your, your theory was that your mum would only buy fruit oh, and nut right, yeah. thinking that her kids wouldn't want it. And oh. you actually developed a taste that way <laughs> by putting yourself through the pain of fruit and nut. I don't recall that theory, but that does add up. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. only on very special occasions where we get snack, which is the, like the real gross children's one with yeah. different coloured like little pineapple sugar syrup in stuff, between. Yeah. Yeah. The goo. The still- goo. What do you got in your goo range? <laughs> <laughs> I love the goo. Peppermint goo. Yeah. Peppermint goo is pretty good, but it's Yum. just a bit too fond for I'm me. still now. a goo man. Yeah. Yeah, wow, you're a, you're a couple man. of kids, aren't you? My dad... When you grow up, you'll be right. My dad's <laughs> in his 60s, loves the goo caramel. Oh, yeah. And a bit of goo pineapple. It's like caramel just being burnt sugar. So it's just like... Yeah. It's too much for me. Okay. Your dad, tell him to grow up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it myself, John. Grow up. <laughs> Thank you. So how does the show work again, Jess? You know. Oh, fuck. Um, so... Every week, one of the three of us, oh boy, uh, does a report on a topic that the other two don't know about, usually suggested by a listener, and we report it back to the class. Huh. Yeah, that's pretty good. And it starts with a question. This week, Jess is doing the topic. What is the question this week, Jess? Are you proud that I did write a question? That is the yes. question. Yes. Um, was that the question? <laughs> it's the question. Damn it. The question no. to, to get us onto the topic is, if you were an eccentric billionaire who Ooh. wanted to leave a legacy, what would you do? Ooh. Ooh. Aviation World Records, how to use style. <laughs> okay. You'd, you'd, you'd go for world records? You'd buy them. No, no, go for the world records. Yeah, cool. What about In the aviation. Sydney Maya Music Bowl? You would. You're doing a report on the Sydney Maya Music Bowl. You would build a music bowl. Well, Sydney Maya did, sort of. Really? Yeah, he left. I actually, had no idea. He left cash for the arts, and uh, they used it to make this uh, the music bowl. Because he went to, uh, he saw some orchestra play at the Hollywood Bowl, ah. and he was inspired by that. And then it wasn't built till like 20 years after he died. But, yeah, that, his money went towards that. Oh, that's cool. He probably wasn't that eccentric. And I don't know how much of a report you'll, you'll get out of the Sydney <laughs> well, Meyer music not, bowl. It's not Sydney Meyer or his music bowl. You got, you got heaps of money. Heaps of money. Well, my, the other option we, one we've done is um, the Nobel Prize. Well, it's obviously not one that we've already done, <laughs> is it? So Put us out oh, of our I misery. do what Howard Hughes did. It must be a report on Howard Hughes, like we just did a few weeks ago. Well, be pre- it was a pretty good report. It was a great report. Would we have heard of this person? Probably not. No. Well, let's just take the bandaid off. <laughs> <laughs> do they invent the bandaid? This topic was suggested by Phil Kitt and Daniel Ryan. That is, is the Fen treasure hunt. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I'm in, and I love Phil Kitt. Fantastic photographer. Love Phil Kitt. Feel like we haven't seen him for ages. Yeah. If you're watching or you're listening, Phil, send us for send a, us a message. For a while, there, Phil held the world record for most cities that he'd seen us live in. He yeah. seemed to turn up everywhere we were. He's like, I just happened to be in Sydney this week. Yeah. Hi, Phil. Incredible. He was so the most charismatic Tasmanian I'd ever met. I don't know why I qualified with Tasmanian. Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, that true. makes it sound like it shrunk the comment, uh, the compliment down, but. Uh, most charismatic man I've ever met. Let's that. That's wow. really expanded yeah. the comment. Yeah. That's yeah. That's almost too broad now. Okay. It's unbelievable now. Australian. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Because I once met. I've nearly all the people I've met are Australian. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> what's this guy's deal? Well, and, and who was sorry? Who was the other guy? Let me give him a compliment. Uh, as it was well. also suggested by Daniel Ryan. Oh, Daniel Ryan. Oh, well, I'm familiar with him from the internet. I think he's an American man, <laughs> and he is also very char- charismatic. The most charismatic person on the internet. Could either of them, or both, lead a cult? Oh. Because that's where charisma takes you, you know? I would say yes. Wow. Okay. 
Well, good to know. Um, so, this is from Wikipedia. Forrest Fenn was a pilot in the United States Air Force, obtaining the rank of major and awarding the Silver Star for his service in the Vietnam War, where he flew 328 combat missions in 365 days. Not a lot of days off. No, it's a lot of combat missions. After retiring from the Air Force, Fenn, originally from Texas, moved to Santa Fe, New Mexico in the early 70s and opened an art gallery called the Arrowsmith Fenn Gallery with his partner Rex Arrowsmith. Oh, wow. Rex is great. Also, Forrest Fenn is great. Rex Arrowsmith. Yeah, they sound made up. Yeah, Yeah. so Forrest Fenn, that's a real name. Real name. And you've double-checked this story as a real story? (laughs) Well... You always got to snipe it. <laughs> Let me have a quick go at a Texan accent. Okay. Hell fucking yeah. <laughs> and is that a Pantera quote right there? Uh, well, there's a, a the Pantera drummer, Vinnie Paul, rest in peace. He started a new band called Hell Yeah <laughs> um, after after Pantera split. Um, so the Arrowsmith... Hell yeah. <laughs> what a name for a band. Hell yeah. It's a great name. <laughs> The Arrowsmith Fen Gallery, it later became Fen Galleries, which Forrest ran with his wife, Peggy. Peggy, great. Starting out with the small savings, over the next decade, he amassed an impressive collection of artefacts worthy of the world's best museums, including Sitting Bull's original peace pipe. So he's just he's picking up rare artefacts and, uh, and selling art, and he's, he's got a good eye for it. He made a fortune selling artefacts to American elite, including Steven Spielberg and former US President Gerald Ford. <laughs> And apparently Steve Martin and I think Cher, like, they all bought stuff from him. He's just got this amazing collection. Can I have a quick go at Gerald Ford? Yes. Hi, Homer. (laughs) Do you like nachos? (laughs) Do you like football? (laughs) Well, maybe later you could come over. We could eat nachos and watch the football. Paraphrasing there, but I think he actually said that one time. Yeah. To a man named Homer. That, that yeah. was during his inauguration, I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and everyone was like, this is a bit off topic. <laughs> yeah, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> What's going on here? Um, so the gallery sold a variety of American Indian artifacts, paintings, bronze sculptures and other art, and reportedly grossed over $6 million a year. Oh, this is problematic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, however, in 1988, when he was around 58 years old, Forrest Fenn was diagnosed with kidney cancer. Um, and this, uh, I've got a chunk here from the um, an article written by Taylor Clark in the California Sunday Times. I use this article a lot. It's fantastic. Um, so Taylor writes, I thought I was going to die, Fenn explained recently in his feathery Texas drawl. So can you make your Texas drawl oh, a little more feathery? More feathery? Hell, hell um. fucking yeah, but feathery. Hell f- f- fucking yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. It's yep. like you had a bird in your mouth flapping its wings. Fucking yeah. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Feathery, <laughs> flappy. <laughs> yeah, perfect. I kept asking the guy who gave me radiation what my chances were, and all he would say was, Mr. Fenn, you've just got an uphill battle. Two years earlier, Fenn's father had also been diagnosed with advanced cancer, and he had taken what Fenn saw as a dignified way out, a handful of sleeping pills. Fenn already knew he didn't want to wither away slowly. Dying is something I want to do by myself, he said. I don't need any help. I don't want somebody holding my hand, everybody crying. Jesus. (laughs) What he did know... (laughs) Uh, what he didn't know was how to end things on his own terms. Then, late one, one night, Fenn had an idea. What if he followed in his father's footsteps, but with an adventurous spin? 
He would stuff a treasure chest with glittering valuables, write a clue-laden poem. Poem? Poem. Poem. <laughs> what dialect is that in? Poem. Is that Texas? No. <laughs> poem among the gum trees. <laughs> Love that. Love that poem. Write a clue-laden poem that would point that to... That was too much. Poem. I said poem, and that's too far. Poem. <laughs> it is a word. We use, the more you say it, the, the crazier you sound. Po- poem. I'll say it once poem. perfectly, and then let's move on. Right, but feather it. <laughs> poem. <laughs> Winston Churchill. <laughs> uh, write a clue laden poem that would point to its location, and then march out to his favourite spot on earth to take some pills and lie in the eternal repose with the gold. With the gold. With the gold! <laughs> like a doomed conquistador in an Indiana Jones movie. All he needed was someone to write and publish the book in which he would place the poem. <laughs> he says, because there's no point in hiding it if no one knew I hid it. Right. Makes sense. <laughs> and then there's a part here um, uh, from a, a friend of his. So it says, Forrest told me the idea at lunch one day, recalled the best-selling author Douglas Preston, a long-time friend, and one of the first writers Fenn approached. His plan was to inter himself with the treasure so that anyone who found it could essentially rob his grave. I said, God, Forrest, that's a terrific story. You're the guy who's going to take it with you. <laughs> you know they say you can't take your money with you? Yeah. He's going to try. Um, Douglas Preston, that author, he did turn down the opportunity to write the book, as did many other writers that Fenn approached. And he said, I think they didn't like the idea of me dying out in the trees somewhere. <laughs> okay. This is sick. I'm loving it. <laughs> why, do you, why do they need an author, though, to write the So he wants to, book? He wants to publish a book, like an, uh, an autobiography, with the poem in it that has the clues to where the treasure is. So he needs someone to help write his book. He needs to get it out there so people can start yeah. the hunt. Because what's right. the point in the hunting's on. burying treasure if no one knows that there's buried right. treasure out there? I thought that maybe you could have just published the poem. Yeah, that is a very good point, Dave. <laughs> this is pre-internet, isn't it? Did well, you have a blog? No, uh, <laughs> it's not pre-internet. I would have blogged it. Vlogged it? Oh, this is pre-internet, yes. Wait, what year? I want to know what year you weren't sure. No, no, no. <laughs> By the time... Right. The book actually comes out, the yeah. internet exists. Okay. But at the time that he's oh. sick... Did he invent the internet? He invented the internet wow. to get his poem out there. I need a way to get it out there. <laughs> you guys didn't know. What about a series of interconnected computer networks? I can't write a book, but I can build an internet. <laughs> <laughs> that I can do. So his initial venture to find someone to write his book for him failed, but in good news, the cancer treatment succeeded. Oh, oh imagine. Imagine if, he, if the, they wrote the book and he took himself out. Before his time. Didn't need to. Um, so he, he made a recovery, and so he no longer needed to think about his final resting place. But he couldn't shake the idea of the treasure hunt. He'd already bought a chest. A treasure <laughs> I chest. Mean, I've already bought the chest. I've yeah. got the chest. It'd be a waste. He's a millionaire, and he's like, oh, I hate to waste it, though. Don't want to waste my money. He probably, and he, he must deep down know that he's still going to die one day. At some point, Yeah. Thanks for uh, letting everyone at home know they're going to die at some point. No, no, no. He's going to die. Uh, yeah, I wasn't talking about him specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Am Fen- I going to die? Fen- it's Finway. It's a real case-by-case basis. Oh. Yeah. Death. The longer you live, the more chance you have of living forever. Cause yeah, right. Because yeah. Elon Musk is going to invent something. Probably keep it for himself, to be honest. <laughs> him and uh, Case, whoever he's going out with. Grimes. <laughs> 
K Flay, so was the other one. K Sway. I've, I've mixed up Taylor Swift. Right. K Flay. And when Grimes. I was actually trying to say Grimes. <laughs> well, I've often said Taylor Swift plus K Fay equals Grimes. Grimes. Yes. You have often said that, and it's never made sense until right <laughs> I now. Think, I didn't think I even said the second name correctly. I don't know who that is. K Fay. K Flay. So he's already got the treasure chest, and he held on to it and spent the next few years filling it with treasure. Oh. Is it a big chest, do we know? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you. He's oh. dropping one coin in at a time. Is it just a piggy bank? <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing, right? So uh, this is from the article again. Fenn tinkered with its contents constantly, aiming to create a stash that would dazzle anyone who opened it. He wanted it to look... Amazing when you opened it, like in the movies when they open it and it's got like a glow. Oh, you know, so he's you can tell it's treasure. Yeah, yeah he's got great. LED lights around <laughs> it. It's pretty impressive. Um, but he wanted it to look amazing as well as be worth a lot of money. Um, so it had gold coins, sapphires, um, ancient Chinese carved jade faces, Alaskan gold nuggets the size of chicken eggs, Whoa. massive gold nugs, <laughs> free range, free range eggs. Uh, the size of free range eggs, yes. Whoa. Yeah. The large ones. You know, you can buy la- extra yeah, large extra eggs. Extra large eggs? Yeah. Wow. How do, they, how do they do that? How do they know? Well, they collect the big ones. Do you but think it's the bigger the chicken, the bigger the egg? Yeah, is that how it works? How do eggs work? I don't need eggs. Can you tell? <laughs> or do they go, like, we'll just push it. Is it the bigger the cloaca, the bigger the egg? Well, mm. uh, maybe. The cloaca, I know they... The cloaca's the butt and the dick, or the, you know, the woman dick. And then what is the... Is that also where the egg comes out, Beck? I don't know. I mean, sorry, sorry, I was saying... Buck, buck. Is that also <laughs> buck, it? Buck, buck. Buck. Uh, well, I'll ask you to edit this along. section out, please. Comment along. Please edit all of that out. No, I'm not editing this. Also... That'll be too confusing for the listeners at home. Please, Jess, please. <laughs> So I'm thinking about them. <laughs> Not the fact that I said woman dick. <laughs> I know what it is. I know what it's called. It's not about your reputation at all. Yes, I'm not a virgin. <laughs> if that's what you're getting at. <laughs> I haven't said oh it. Please edit oh all Oh my this God, out. you're such a virgin. You don't even know what a woman dick is. Yeah, come on, mate. Nah, oh. that's all right. That's cool. That's all right. Look, I don't have words. I don't have a great vocabulary, <laughs> but I do. I could. I could. If I saw one, I could say there. There is one. Oh, why if would I, you see it? Well, I haven't. Yeah, I mean, I have many <laughs> times. Oh my god! This but is, often the lights are out. This is getting so embarrassing for you. It is not. I'm going to move on. Well, I feel like we need to get closure here. <laughs> All right. I've seen bring one. up the internet. Yeah. <laughs> Send me a lineup. Bring Four up. pictures. I'll show you which one. <laughs> you can. You can. That one's a chicken. <laughs> well, I know the cloaca first of all. <laughs> oh, I know a cloaca a mile away. Anyway, so he's collecting all these uh, bits and pieces. Some of them are from his own private collection. Others he just acquires along the way. <laughs> well, the others he'd stolen. No, from no, other no, no, but like he'll, he would purposely buy something or or collect something for the purpose of putting it in the treasure so chest. So he'd be like, oh, that's great for the chest. They're like, what? Oh, nothing. Nothing. I mean, for my collection. Don't worry about it. Ha, 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 He kept this chest in his vault at his home for the next 20 years. Ooh. Enough Apparently, time, well, he just time put to invent the internet. He put it in, like, the vault and just covered it with a bandana. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. No one will look under Isn't there. Is it a very small vault? Like, a bandana, it's, in my mind, is not very big. Well, I mean, you can fold them out, you know. But it's not a big. It's not a big chest. No, I'll get to it. 
Um, every now and then he'd test out the its amazement level on his friends. Oh, yeah, he'd have friends over and he'd be like, Whoa! and he'd just like watch their faces and see how amazed mm. they were. And he'd write it out of 10. And mm. he'd be like, not quite amazing enough. I, I think that he would probably just get confusion because he'd come around for a dinner party and he just goes, Whoa! Yeah, totally. And also, they're his friends. Like, they're used to him and him being a bit eccentric. And so they kind of laughed it off like, nah, what's he up to? You know, they didn't actually believe that he would go bury it. What year are we up to now? Well, this is 20 years later. So this is like uh, in the 90s. No, in the 2000s. Ooh, right. Okay. Pre-internet. Don't ask me to do maths. Um, uh, Yeah, so none of his friends thought that he would actually bury the treasure. But that is exactly what he did. Right, he buried it. In the summer of 2010, without telling anyone where he was going, he went out into the Rocky Mountains and hid his treasure. Took him two trips from his car to get all of the treasure to the hiding spot because, number one, it weighed 42 pounds, or about nearly 20 kilos, and he was almost 80 years old at the time. Oh, my God. That's sick. (laughs) And it's not like he's going, the car's over there, and he's got to go here. Like, he's treks from the car. But it'd be pretty annoying if you took half, then came back to the car, came back, and someone had taken it. And he's like, oh. Well, we're not going to bury half of it. Leave it there in a bush. (laughs) Come back, and all the coins are gone. Yep. And then he dies on the way back to get more stuff. Ugh, oh, nightmare. God. Logistical and, nightmare. And, and nobody knows where he is. It's a, it's, it's yeah, a nightmare. I mean, if he'd fallen over and no one knew where he was, he could have died on the spot. Yeah. He hasn't even you know, published a poem yet. A as poem? As far as we know. No, he hasn't. Oh, yeah. So the a treasure pe- chest, a couple of things to mention here. The treasure chest is a, in a 10 by 10 by 6 inch box. So about 25 by 25 by 50. Somebody described it as like a, a Happy Meal box. Think about that sort of size. Yeah, 10 inch. I think, well, I know that uh, measurement pretty well by <laughs> 10 by, what was the other one? Two and a half, the one you actually oh, know I haven't well. seen anything that small before. <laughs> <laughs> have not seen anything that small. But Never yeah. in your life. <laughs> Never. I only see big things. <laughs> yeah. my, I, I, I love the big banana, uh, the big mango. They're yeah. the sort of places I You've hang out. Big Merino. <laughs> big Merino. Been there many times. Mm. Cloaca. Uh, no, but real big balls at the back. <laughs> Made of concrete. Concrete balls. I've said, every time we go, they get a photo with the balls. <laughs> get a, can we get a shot of that scrot? That's what I normally say to my scrot friends. Shot. Can we get a scrot shot? <laughs> uh, anyone visiting Australia, do get to Goulburn and get your photo with you know how, the big sheep balls. You know how you love it when people call a photo a toe? You could call that a scrot toe. Scrot toe. <laughs> oh, very good. Uh, yeah. Americans are saying is that... Is that an actual thing, or is that just one American said that to me once we get in a New toe? York? Can we get a toe? Can we get a toe? Hey, I've, I've never heard it. I've never heard it again. No, this was in 2013. <laughs> I don't think it took off. She was keen to get it going, because she said it 15 times in a minute. She heard Where? that you had an accent from not from America and went, oh, I can spread this to another continent yeah. if I get it going here. Hey, Waldo. Hey, Waldo. <laughs> can I get a toe? I don't know anything of what you're saying. <laughs> What? She, she wanted a photo because you look like Waldo. I was wearing Waldo. a beanie and, and had glasses on. And I had a big beard. Waldo did not have a big beard. But anyway, she, she goes, can I get a toe? Hey, Waldo, can I get a toe? Hey, everybody, look, it's Waldo. Can I get a toe? And she was with like half a dozen mates. Were you with anyone else? I was by myself. I, was, I walked from Chelsea to the edge of water somewhere to, to get a glimpse of the Statue of Liberty before I left. And I, I got there and I realised it was, you know, it was very squinty. It looked, a, it still looked a bit bigger than two and a half inches, but uh, it was very small. And then walking back, yeah, this uh, group of eighteen-year-olds sort of mobbed me because I. So you, were, hey, Waldo, you were bullied. 
I don't, I don't know what happened. I was so confused. Is your wallet gone after this? <laughs> yeah, were they saying wallet? <laughs> wallet. Hey, wallet. wallet. I don't hey, know wallet. what that means. <laughs> what are you, what are I'm you so talking sorry. About? I don't understand what you mean. Yeah, maybe they were. Toe. I'll cut off your toe if you don't give me your wallet. <laughs> you know, in, in America, like, yes, they, call, <laughs> they call Where's Wally, Where's Waldo in America. Yes, so I yeah. figured out that after a while. And then the toe took me way more time. I yeah. think I had to ask her, what the fuck are you talking what about? What do you mean? What do you mean? You strange woman. What does it mean? What does it mean? But, yeah, toe. I don't know. Let's, I'd love to know if that is a thing <laughs> in America. Maybe it just was in New York in 2013. Yeah. Maybe it was a short-lived thing. Who knows? Mm, who knows? Can I ask about the treasure? Yes. So I was in a Happy Meals about size box. Yeah. I was imagining. I don't know about you, Matt. I was imagining a little bit bigger. I was. I was imagining classic, you know, pirate, pirate chest. So Matt, more so, like a meter by you know half a meter. Yeah, type thing. And then th- that actually does. It makes more sense now that he could whip it out at a dinner party and be like, "What do you yeah, think?" Yeah, 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 totally. Open it up. But also, it's a small treasure out, chest mate. somewhere in the Rockies, which are about two hundred and forty-five acres. Uh, and cross six different U.S. states. So it's surely a, they're bigger than two hundred forty-five acres. Yeah, probably. That's got to be more. Million acres? Sure. No. Let's, let's go with a guess. Well, I did. I did look it up, but you know, I'm probably wrong. Who cares? America's actually a lot smaller than people <laughs> realize. Yeah, two hundred forty-five acres isn't enough, is it? If you picture, how big do you think the White House is? But. It's this big. Wow. And that's the same for all of them. I was going to say one acre just for the White House. Have you heard of Tiny Town? That's actually in America. And that's named after the size of all the towns. (laughs) It's a weird system, but it works for them. And that's how they've become the power for, you know, until recently. They were the world power. Um, So he didn't tell anybody what he'd done until he self-published his memoir called The Thrill of the the Chase, a memoir. That's him. I've heard that phrase. Was Did he coin that phrase? I'm sure he didn't coin that he phrase. He coined this that phrase. This was in 2010. With one of his own coins. I don't think he did, no. Holy shit. Oh, my God. What is happening? <laughs> that is big. Evan, is my microphone still on? <laughs> that is that is He's huge. Not, he didn't coin it. He coined he it. Did. Oh, my God, Matt. Now I just thought you doing this Can you hear me? Yeah. He, said, he coined it. He coined it. On his own. Oh, my God. Like an 80-year-old dude. The and that thrill phrase, of the toe hasn't taken off, but that phrase has. Yeah. Yeah, wow. that's big. The thrill of the chase. <laughs> Coined it with one of his a own memoir. coins. The thrill of the coin. Oh, that's huge. So he originally printed a thousand copies of the book, assuming not many people would buy it. I mean, a thousand is still a lot, you know? For a self-published book that you don't think anyone's going to buy, you print a thousand. Okay. Um, because inside the memoir is also the cl- a clue. Yeah. Oh. Right, so he's essentially printed a thousand maps. Clues, oh, poems, poems, poems. I don't understand how this wasn't bigger news. I was definitely, almost definitely alive in 2010. <laughs> yeah, but fact check. Were you at a pub? Well, the Saints did have have a pretty good year. We uh, made the grand final. Famously, drew it. This is the last ever AFL drawn grand final. They changed the rule afterwards, even though everyone knows that if there was extra time then, the Saints would have won their second premiership. Why did you bring that up, Jess? <laughs> they replayed it the next week. I yeah. was there, Lionel Richie. You're right, that great. was my fault. The, the key moment, the best moment of the day, Lionel Richie pre-game entertainment. Fantastic. Blew the roof off <laughs> if there was one. I mean, <laughs> we all know Meatloaf was the best grand final entertainment. All right. You know, that's a bit rough on the loaf. Um, he had a bad day and he embarrassed himself and his reputation is ruined in this country forever. 
He doesn't need you piling on now. <laughs> so he's printed a thousand copies of his book. Um, in the article from the California Sunday Times, which was written five years ago, it says that he had since uh, outsold that original run by a factor of 20. That was five years ago. So it had sold 20,000, like five years ago so it's even more now i love how they couldn't just say twenty thousand. what a factor of 20 (laughs) they're they're a writer you know they've got to paint a picture Mm. i looked it up on amazon actually and ebay and you can get a copy um on ebay for 346 dollars 90 plus 30 dollars shipping that's how much it costs is that obviously that's someone on selling it Right? Or is that what uh, he sells it for? It's brand new. No, it's not what he sells it for. So, no, 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 because he donated most of the copies to a local bookshop called Collected Works. Because <laughs> he, did, he did this because he didn't want to be accused of using the treasure as a publicity stunt or making any money from the books. Right, because it is a very clever publicity stunt. Damn. Yeah. So the bookstore has to keep the books behind the counter because it's at such a high risk of theft. <laughs> right. But, yeah, we can get it here for 350 bucks plus shipping. I think we should. Yeah, okay. Well, especially if it hasn't been found yet. Yeah, well, I, we don't know that yet. But if it hasn't, I think it's an investment. Yeah, that's free. free it's basically free money. Yeah, exactly. You reimburse yourself. That's a down payment on getting like twenty million. Oh, I don't know, twenty million dollars of yeah, coins. Yeah, all sorts of cultural, important cultural dollars. artifacts that have been stolen mm. from around that the you world. Can sell. Yeah, to other white people. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'm not. I'll sell to whoever. <laughs> yeah, I'll sell to white people, Dave. You well, he's s- out of himself you'll there, You'll sell it he? back to the original owners. <laughs> At an inflated price. Well, at, well, obviously my time is worth something. <laughs> Millions of dollars. <laughs> so at the back of the book is a poem, okay. um, just as you always planned, and in it are nine clues that will lead you to the treasure's location. Oh, this is very exciting. Would you I like to hear this. the poem in full? Yes. Oh, so we don't even need to buy the book. I've got the poem. <laughs> Jess, why didn't you tell us that? Did you Dad's buy the his phone out <laughs> yeah, buying just, the book. I just hit buy on eBay. And did you, hang on, did you put that on your card or the company card? Uh, I put it on my card. And All I bought, right, that's I, fine. I bought three copies, one for each of us. Did you say buy now or did you make an offer? Uh, yeah, but I made it a really high offer <laughs> to guarantee it. <laughs> 6000 a copy. Oh, my God, It's Dave. an investment. It's an investment. Dave. Because we get this poem from it. Right. This, yeah, this poem. I don't I like reading here. stuff off screens. I like seeing, you know, I like the paper. Why'd you order it on Kindle then? Well, on I'd... Kindle? <laughs> Kindle Jenna right. is going to print it on her body. I've got to read it from her. I actually, knew Kindle I... wasn't quite right, but I wasn't sure why. <laughs> no, I ordered I'm it sorry. on Kylie, so <laughs> the other one. The oh, other no, one. the other one surely is Kimbra. Oh, my God. So the this is line. the poem. As I've gone alone in there and with my treasures bold... I can keep I can keep my secret where and hint of riches new and old. He can't write, can he? Begin it where warm waters halt and take it in the canyon down. Not far, but too far to walk. Really lost its rhythm there. Put in below the home of Brown. Oh no. <laughs> From there it's no place for the meek. The end yeah. is ever drawing nigh. The home of Brown is no place for the meek. Oh, my God. There'll be no paddle up your creek. <laughs> He's hitting it up his butt. Yeah, it's definitely up some something's butt. Just heavy loads and water high. (laughs) You got to. You need to do a full water colonoscopy to get it out. If you've been wise and found the blaze, look quickly down. Your quest to cease, but tarry scant with marvel gaze. And take the chest and go in peace. So why is it that I must go and leave my trove for all to seek? The answers I already know. I've done it tired and now I'm weak. 
So hear me all and listen good. Your effort will be worth the cold. If you are brave and in the wood, I give you title to the gold. Oh, that's great. It came home strong, but William Shakespeare, he ain't. <laughs> no. Nah. But there's nine different clues in there. Oh, okay. It's w- and one of them is in the Brown, brown. Town's got to be one. Brown Town, and Paddle home- Up Your Chuff, whatever it said. <laughs> Paddle Up Your Chuff, yes. Cleveland Browns is a team. Maybe it's in Cleveland. Okay. I mean, that's not, no. The so Rockies are the not in part. Cleveland. Yeah, but you've got to go to the Rockies first to get a rock to break it open in Cleveland. Okay. Could you not get a rock anywhere else? or no, in the rock? special okay. rock. Yep, special rock. Rocky rock. I love this early theory. I love this because nobody else has looked in Cleveland. Mm. So. Has <laughs> anyone searched this studio? Just he, d- he also said look down. Could be in our own butts. Imagine if it was like under, the, under our chairs the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would yeah. freak me out. <laughs> Do you reckon Imagine it would? if it was in Dave's butt the whole time. Well, I, I can't few, imagine that. That explains a few things. That explains the blockage. Yeah. <laughs> Down your gullet. Uh, new <laughs> listeners won't know that Dave has a tiny gullet. He can't eat food properly. And that might be because treasure's buried in yeah. there. <laughs> Open him up. <laughs> Did they notice anything on the multiple surgeries you've had on your esophagus? Well, I mean, the Any doc- diamonds or anything Well, the doctor did go from driving a Holden <laughs> to a Bentley pretty quickly. Interesting. So. Interesting. Mm. Mm. No, he was always driving a Bentley. I feel Surgeons. like if treasure is inside you, surely you have at least claim to it most of it. Yeah. Do Nine-tenths I mean? of the law. I reckon. I forget the rest of that phrase, yeah. but that's important somewhere. So anyway, that's the that's the poem published in the back of his book. I think he nailed it that time. Poem. Yeah. Because was I wasn't trying so hard. Mm. So Fenn's treasure, as it came to be known, garnered national media attention as word started to spread about the eccentric millionaire. Before long, treasure hunters were flooding into Santa Fe in, search, in such numbers that they caused a measurable boom in the city's already substantial tourism industry. So, <laughs> they called it the Forest Fen Effect. So was there? So Santa Fe was a, one of the key clues? Uh, no. He's just, he lives in Santa Fe. Okay, they reckon he's probably just, he's old. He's, he he's wouldn't, have, he wouldn't have made it too far. He's in the carport. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but genuinely people assumed like it was just in his house. Right. <laughs> Stop kicking down the door. Yeah. Like on The Simpsons, it's buried under a big T and the, the town goes wild. <laughs> Thousands of people on Facebook groups discuss the whereabouts and are obsessive and fanatical about it. Um, this is from the article again. Chasechat.com <laughs> has more than 33,000 posts devoted to the thrill of the chase alone. Some hunters can spout, o- spout off the birth dates of every member of the Fen family across six generations, along with the numerological clues that might, con- that might be contained therein. Oh, I'm gone. guessing there's not any clues in that. In, but they're in, the in the his great-great-grandfather's <laughs> birthday. They're no. not trying to guess a pin code. Uh, but they nice. might be trying to get some sort of a larrier of langitude. Oh, you think they're trying to get coordinates from, oh, his great-great-grandpappy was born <laughs> on June 6, 1811. And yeah. that tells us, Dave, the larringer <laughs> and langitude. Yeah, the larry and the langer. Yeah, larry and the langitude. Langer. <laughs> line, yeah. of, line of longitude. Latitude, something. Latitude and longitude. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh well, all of a sudden it doesn't sound so silly after all. Has anyone checked that? I don't know if they have, but they're checking it right now. Um, Others have assembled detailed maps showing every site in the American West with brown in its name, because the B is capitalized. So they're like, it's got to be a place or a person. Or shit. 
Cleveland Browns. Yeah, Cleveland Browns. That's true. Which only NFL team without a logo on the helmet. Fact. Right. They should just have a splodge of brown. <laughs> yeah, it's a little splodge. What the fuck is a like? Why are they called the Cleveland Browns? I like, don't know. It's like brown bears. I'd love it? to find out. Yeah, it could be brown bears. It's like the Carlton Blues in the AFL. Oh yeah. They're named after sadness. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I think they're just named after because they started in the 1800s and their uniform was blue. Right. I mean, all the animals are already taken, so they had to yeah. <laughs> go for blue. Yeah, um, uh, One of the blue. first <laughs> football teams in the world. Oh, like, oh, everything's taken. Blue, whatever. Fine. <laughs> I don't care. Oh. Teams didn't usually have a logo or mascots back then, though, for the most part. They just evolved organically. Um, but some of the early organic. VFL, AFL ones are pretty fun. Like, there's one was the Mayblooms, I think, uh, named after the flower. I think that was maybe Essendon. May blooms. I think so, yeah. Okay, that's nice. Yeah, that's some fun. But yeah, and, and then later on they're like, nah, we've got to make it tougher than flowers, even tougher than flowers. And that's why they're called the bombers. Yeah, that is arguably tougher than flowers, I reckon. Yeah, blow stuff up <laughs> with footy. Yeah. Um, so initially Forrest Fenn gave no further clues um, than what was said in the poem, but in more recent years he's given away a few additional clues, like saying that the treasure is not associated with any structure, and that was to stop... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether it's your first ever website or your business is expanding, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website and engage with your audience. Upload video content, organize your video library and showcase your content on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your video library by adding a paywall to your content. Cha-ching. <laughs> you can help with written content on your website with Squarespace AI, which I used to write this next sentence, so check this out. Generate instant, personalised results that know and show your brand identity. Explain what your site is about, choose your tone, and enter what you need to get short or long-form text. Squarespace AI, Squarespace AI makes it easier to go live, stand out, and succeed online. Oh, Dave, if only it could also not just write it, but read it too. <laughs> And edit it. <laughs> hey, sell exclusive content on your site by adding a paywall to sell memberships or courses. Or sell files your customers can download like PDFs, music or ebooks. Man, it's starting to sound like I'm obsessed with money. <laughs> <laughs> and you are. So head to squarespace.com slash do go on for a free trial and to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Searchers whose inspired interpretation of Home of Brown had them digging up Old outhouses. Oh, so oh, they did think Brown's no. grave. They were digging under it and he was like, no, it's not in there. Who's, this is him still alive or a kid of his or something? No, this is him still alive. This is not long. This is in recent years. So he what? did it while he was still alive. Uh, what happened to him? What do you mean he did it while he, he went out and buried it? He buried it in I his thought, 80s. Yeah, I thought he was going to die with it. 
He changed that. He he recovered from the cancer. So yeah, but he didn't recover from dying one day. But he he just he, he got he grew impatient. He still wanted to do the the treasure hunt. Ah uh, well. I, I guess if he wanted to enjoy it himself, fair enough. But I think that it's probably... way more fun to like open up a coffin, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, no. probably what he happened wants was the Indiana Jones thing. He wanted it to be buried with it. Then he realised that he had to get his body inside a Happy Meal box. Yeah, <laughs> there was no. He, thought... he tried. He was trying to get in there. Yeah, he took contortion classes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> As an eighty-year-old, and they said he couldn't limber Look, up. You just you're not a natural. There's no natural ability here or talent. <laughs> You I can't work it. with this. I can't work with this. You'll never be a professional contortionist. <laughs> He's like, I, I don't want to be. I just want to get in this Happy Meal box. <laughs> yeah. How can I get in that? <laughs> He's sitting there, an 80-year-old man with his feet behind his head going, that's fine. I'll find someone else. And he sort of waddles <laughs> off on his butt. <laughs> so these are, some, these are some other clues that he's given as well. Um, so he says it's somewhere in Montana, Wyoming, Colorado, or New Mexico. Oh, he's he's narrowing it down to four of the six right. states. Montana's like a that's a real cool wilderness state, I think. It's located above five thousand feet and below ten thousand two hundred feet. Okay, if it's that so specific, it's got to be between ten thousand and ten thousand two hundred, right? Otherwise, right. you'd say it's between five and ten thousand. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Why not um, go up to 11 then? Because there might not be anything that tall. <laughs> yeah, this one goes up to 11. <laughs> it's located in an area with pine trees. It's not in a graveyard, mine or other man-made structure. It's it's not in close proximity to a human trail. And it's not in a place an 80-year-old man couldn't go. Right. Because like he was 80 when he went out. And, and people are going into space and stuff. Going, <laughs> Is it up here? <laughs> <laughs> An 80-year-old man could go yeah. up here. But they're like, well, that cancels out all the daycares and primary schools. All right. <laughs> what do you ra- mean? Raise the age limit. Are you saying all 80-year-old men are sex pests? No, I'm just saying that that's, those are facilities for younger people. Right. Right. They're allowed but to they're go, allowed pick to go up their there, kids. Dave. No, they're not. Have you seen the, seen the new rules? Oh, right. No. no well, these days, a lot of aged care people around the world are locked down. Sure, okay. So it's in an aged care facility. Okay. But they're man-made. All right, it's in a natural aged care facility. Yeah. Yes. It's got to be some sort of a cave. Some sort of elephant graveyard. Oh. <laughs> he said no graveyards. Okay. No graveyards. Did he say hum- man-made graveyards, though, didn't he? Yes, this is a... Oh, an- he didn't say elephant-made graveyards. No. Well, yeah. <laughs> Since publishing the book, he's resisted all pressure for information from anonymous callers who threatened to kill him unless he divulges the treasure's location, from emails, emailers with a sob story about ailing grandmothers, from readers who say they want their book signed but then try to grill him for hours. And he just <laughs> Come on, sign it. Just go back to the poem, he tells everyone. The poem will take you to the treasure. Right. I don't know if it will. He has confirmed that four of the nine clues have been correctly solved. Oh, but he hasn't said which four. Oh, yeah. it's a bit of a mastermind. Yeah, I thing. love mastermind. What a fun and frustrating game. Yeah. He's also said that some people have come as close as 250 feet to the treasure. No, how does he know that? Because they email him to tell him, like, this is where we've gone. Uh, and he just kind of chuckles and doesn't say anything to him. Does he chuckle to only people who get close? Because that's a dead giveaway. <laughs> Anyone listening? Has he chuckled at you? <laughs> You're close. You're close. You're close. Is, um, so is his email public? Um, in early editions of the book, his phone number was in the book. So people just call him. Should we call him now? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've got a copy of the book. And what, are you just going to ask? Hey. Hey, what's up? What's up? Um, this is from the... Uh, so Fen's 90s now, if still alive. He's nearly 90, yeah. 
Um, this is from the article again. It says, some have uprooted their lives to hunt for the chest. At least one has even mortgaged her home to fund her expedition. Searchers have been arrested for digging up burial sites, for making trouble in national parks, and even for barging onto Fen's own property. All of them obsessed with the idea of the trove just sitting there for the taking. If only they could unravel Fen's clues. Right. Do you think that he is having a good time or is he sort of regretting the chaos? He loves it. Okay, okay. Because it is now essentially his full-time job. He gets over 100 emails a day. He has hundreds of letters sent to him. Reporters are always uh, wanting interviews and and he's getting phone calls from people because, as I said, he published his phone number in his book. Um, And while it's very interesting to hear about people spending hundreds of hours researching from their own homes and digging under outhouses, the search has actually been fatal for some. Um, Back in... January of 2016, a man named Randy Bilyeu uh, went missing while he was looking for the treasure and his body was found six months later. His ex-wife, Linda, penned an open letter to Fenn calling the treasure hunter hoax and saying, do you care that treasure hunters risk their lives to search for your hoax? The following year, a guy called Jeff Murphy um, from Illinois was found dead in Yellowstone National Park um, in June after falling about 500 feet down a steep slope. The very same month... Um, another guy called, he was a pastor called Paris Wallace from Colorado. His body was found five to seven miles, about eight to 10 Ks away, uh, downstream from where his car was parked. The same month, two people died. Then the next month in July of 2017, a 31-year-old called Eric Ashby was found dead, um, in, uh, in, in part of the Rockies in Colorado. Um, friends and family stated that he had moved to Colorado in 2016 to look for the treasure. And was last seen, you know, um, uh, a month earlier. And then very recently in March of 2020, only last month, a man named Michael Wayne Sexton Sexton of Deer Trail, Colorado, was found dead by rescuers um, alongside his unnamed 65-year-old male companion who later recovered in hospital. Authorities were notified by the person who rented a pair of snowmobiles to them and they were discovered within five miles or eight kilometres of the site where they'd been rescued a month earlier. So they had issues a month ago, went out again. They thought they were getting close. Yeah. So and that was a, that was this year. The the hunt is still on, and people are still risking on. their lives for it. Yes. Whoa. Whoa. Of course, there are some who believe that the treasure isn't real. Some say that the journey is the real gift. That's oh, the real treasure. Right. Um, most fen hunters who fail to find the chest say they came back from their quests with a different kind of treasure. <laughs> What, did oh, they find they, someone else's treasure? They found different treasure. Is there more treasure out there? Yeah, there's other treasures. Nice. This is a quote from one of them. We never found the treasure, but we found the treasure. Okay. That's, that's from Joe Mendoza of California, who or, went looking for the chest in 2013 with his two sons. <laughs> that's a, To me, that sounds like he found the treasure and he doesn't want to share yeah, it. Oh, we didn't find the treasure, but we found the treasure. He went out with his two sons. He says it brought our family together. We bonded like we never have before. How many sons did he Maybe. come back with? <laughs> Both, I believe. Got rid of the bad one. Um, another guy called Caleb Jackson um, from Colorado, uh, when he was in his 30s, learned about the treasure while bedridden with a debilitating autoimmune disorder. After getting a bone marrow transplant, he made a miraculous recovery and went out searching with his brother. And he said, the treasure gave me incentive to heal. And even though I failed, it made me realize how much struggle you have to put in to accomplish something in life and how that struggle makes achievements more significant. He's, Fen, Forrest Fenn has estimated that 65,000 people have searched for his treasure chest wow. over the years. 65,000. Um, I want to find it. Do you want but it? I don't. 
I don't know if I can be asked. I, I want to I find it, but if it's only if it's easy. It sounds like I love a puzzle. But, you know, go on a, up a hill or whatever. So there's a, one of much. the things that I read and watched was this. Um, there's two journalists uh, did a lot of research and then sort of went out and filmed it all and they've interviewed a bunch of other people. And there's a lot, and they talk about it, there's a lot of confirmation bias because anything that you find that sort of supports your theory... You're like, yes, see, I'm on the right track. There's a lot of that. And everybody goes out because they do so much research, like hours and hours and hundreds of hours of research. And they go out so confident that they know where it is that they believe they're going to come back rich. Right. They truly believe it. That was like the first time I bought a lottery ticket as an adult. Yeah. I was genuinely surprised when they read out the numbers and they weren't mine. <laughs> Not even kidding. Yeah. I was surprised that I didn't win. Yeah. I know that it's millions to one. I know. The odds, but, but I was just... like, you had a feeling. Hang on. I, I knew <laughs> I was going to win. But isn't it so weird that like when bad things happen, we go, well, you know, that wouldn't happen to me. But then when you just expect good things to happen to you, like, yes, no, I deserve that. I don't deserve any of the bad stuff, but the good stuff, of course, that should like happen. I might be the opposite of you. You assume bad stuff will happen <laughs> yeah. to you? Well, I'm not going to win this. <laughs> <laughs> that's millions to one. That sounds like I'm an idiot, but I think that's just logical. Oh, so, well, you, you sound like, do you sound like the idiot? I'm sitting here going, well, yeah, I'm that one in eight million. Yeah, I'll get the it. first time I buy this ticket. But I guess it's like all the other people who aren't going on this journey are people who are thinking, well, the odds are I'm not going to find it. Yeah. If I really did believe I'd find it, I'd probably take a few weeks off work and go have a, have a look. Sorry, we will not approve that time off. I'd love to go to Montana anyway and those other – I think all the places. I love yeah. pine trees. What if, what if we beautiful. just went and we didn't even pay attention to the clues? We just went for a walk in the Rockies and if we happened to find it, great. So if bad. not, we've had a nice walk. If we saw Brown Town, we'd look down. Yeah. we get out our paddle. Yeah. Yeah. I drink paddle be- paddles of beer all the time. Oh, so maybe it's God. near a craft brewery sort of or other kind of brewery. Brewery. I don't know why I say cr- it's craft even a thing anymore or beer. Maybe we could write a poem about you know, that's the brewery. confusing. I'd love to find out if uh, we've gone beyond needing to say the word craft before brewery anymore. Who knows? It's the new age. You know what I mean? Now you've got to say microbrewery. <laughs> Micro. <laughs> In America, they're all tiny. <laughs> Two and a half inches. Yeah. So by their own admission, all these people who are searching are spending an insane amount of time researching. There's a guy called uh, Ricky Idlett. He's a steamboat operator in Mississippi and he says... Ricky Idlett, he's a steamboat operator (laughs) in Mississippi. He sounds the best. (laughs) Ricky Idlett, a steamboat operator from Mississippi. Well, you've made that up. (laughs) (laughs) He's interviewed in the... uh, in the doco I watched too, he says, most of, my 12 hour, most of my 12 hours every night, I'm on Google or something looking up clues. 12 I, hours every most, night? Uh, most of my 12 hours every night. Wow. That doesn't, that's a weird sentence. But he's spending a lot of time. So he's got he goes, 12 hours night. when he's not on the... On the, on the yeah. I hope Surely it, you're sleeping was it some a, of that. This is a video interview. You watched him talking? Yeah. But was he, he was on the steamboat wheel, he was just, turned head to the camera. Yeah, most of my 12 hours and I've knocked off. I'm looking for the treasure. <laughs> Sadly, no, but oh. that was a fun act out. Um, I mentioned... <laughs> I mean, you, you turned away from the camera for it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, here I go. Doing well, a bit, it wasn't doing for a bit of them. Acting. <laughs> I'm just going to read over here for a bit. Just need to stretch. Um, I mentioned Joe Mendoza before and his two sons. Well, one of his sons, Joey Mendoza... <laughs> That's great. Mendoza! Had recently uh, graduated high school in Northern California. He spent eight weeks researching 
20 hours a day, he reckons. Joey, I call bullshit. That's a lot of research. 20 hours a day prior to an unsuccessful trip in 2014 with his dad and older brother. He goes, we were too excited to sleep. Eight weeks of not sleep. You're fucking dead. You're not excited once looking at that. That poem is not exciting. No, it's Nothing not exciting. About you. I was excited to hear the poem and then you started reading and I went, oh, this is terrible. <laughs> this <laughs> is not fun. Is... What, what poem are you excited to hear? Well, one that says, hey, it's located here. This is the treasure. Like, that's exciting. Okay, well, it's not really a poem, is it? It's just like a note. Well, I, well, want to... I, I think, you know, you're at, you're at basic level poetry. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. Once you get up to Dave's level, it's just words. Yeah, yeah. I mean, free range. It's more I about got... what you don't say. It's yeah. like jazz. Mm, I think you could argue that's a poem. If you had done a degree in poetry. And I have. And then you wrote that. And, and then you wrote like a huge essay about why it's a great poem. Then it would be probably seen as one of a, the greatest pieces of work. Because it's subverting textualization. <laughs> <laughs> Paradigm shift. You know what I mean? Yeah. Context. I love poem. Poem. <laughs> I love poem. I love poem. I love poem. Um, I've told you guys before I dated a poet for a while. <laughs> and I went to a, quite a few poetry readings. And I love that scene. It wasn't weird, and I didn't feel uncomfortable. <laughs> and and you broke up because you said, I love poem. <laughs> oh, I love poem. I love poem. Yeah, man, do you have any feedback about that? I love poem. That was the end of one of the poetry readings, and I said, I'd, I'll, I'd love to get up and say a few words. <laughs> Hi, thank you so much for beautiful work tonight. I love poem. <laughs> and then they all just pointed at the door. And Especially said, her. Yeah. <laughs> Get, out. Get out. Oh, that's great. Um, so just sort of to wrap it up a little bit now. Mm. Fenn has said that he hopes the person who finds his treasure is a redneck from Texas who's lost his job with a pickup truck and 12 kids and a, and a wife to support. He wants it to go to someone who really needs it. Okay, a, but that's very specific. Is that a clue? It's super specific. Is that a clue? I don't think it's a clue, no. Was it buried at some redneck's house? <laughs> I don't think so. Redneck from Texas. With what? 12 kids, I will accept nothing less. Okay. <laughs> There's one question I've got to ask. Why? What's what? that? I've never thought about the, fr- the term redneck. Why is that? Is it like a sunburnt neck thing? I have no, oh, I have no idea. I'm hmm. so sorry. I actually remember, I reckon they talked about it. On Dolly Parton's America, <laughs> and I have forgotten it. Yeah, right. So, time because for a not, revisit. It's normally meant uh, pejoratively, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, I think but maybe they try and reclaim it, though. Right. <laughs> I'm going to. I'm going to try and reclaim I it. I cannot help you. Um, the true uniting factor amongst Fenn's treasure hunters is that each person is 100% certain he or she has solved the poem and that everyone else is wrong. They're all sure. And to this day, no one has found the treasure. Forrest Fenn is close to 90 years old. When asked if a part of him wants the treasure hunt to outlive him, he said yes, because I think a little part of me would be sad that everybody stopped looking. Um, And he ended by saying, when somebody finds that treasure, everybody's going to say, my God, why didn't I think of that? He reckons it's in a fairly easy place. And also there's there's a possibility that somebody has found it and not said said anything, which kind of makes sense too. Because of the poem... If you find it, it is yours. There's no... It's yours. There's no claims or anything. No, no, Because, no. like, if I... 
It's like if I'd won the lottery, I probably wouldn't have told everyone because I don't want everyone to know that I've just come into $20 million. Totally. Yeah. But if people find the treasure, they just they shut the hell up. Yeah, yeah. I, I reckon you would. So is that it's not possible that it's happened? It is possible it's happened. Right. It's very he, possible. He's not going back to check that it... No, nah, I don't think he's been back. people would be watching him as well. He probably yeah, he can't could, afford to do that. He could never go back. Yeah. He should do that. <laughs> just go to, to bush areas and be like... <laughs> Just touching the ground. Pick up a couple of rocks. Nodding. <laughs> nodding dramatically. Yeah. Still oh, no. here. Gives a thumbs up to the soil. <laughs> Still in there. Good to know. <laughs> it's our little secret. <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, that's the story of the wow, Forest Fed treasure it. hunt. I love it. That is absolutely amazing. Having done all the research into it and heard people talk about it, Jess, do you think it's real? Um, He... He insisted it is real because a lot of people say it's bullshit um, or that it's some sort of metaphorical or like a spiritual treasure. It's not real. Um, somebody sued him fairly recently saying that it's like that he'd found the spot where the treasure should be and it's not there. Um, and But that it was some sort of like he believed it that it was supposed to be some kind of like installation art piece kind of thing. Like, yeah, he reckons it's a lie, but Forrest Fenn's like, no, it's real and you just didn't find it. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it like it's, the clues are so vague, it could be a million different places in, yeah. the, in America, I would have thought. The fact that two people have gotten so close, like 75 metres away, they're so close to it, but they don't know that they're the ones who got so close. Because, like, he doesn't go, oh, you are, like, 250 yeah. feet away from it. So they don't know. So, but, you know, he's, so two he's, out of the 65,000 Totally. People. Two people got, well, a couple of groups maybe, I don't know exactly how many people, got really, really close, if and he hasn't told them. If he's full of shit, that's a pretty smart way of keeping it going as well. Because yeah. 65,000 people are like... I reckon it was me. I was close. I'm going to go back to that same spot and just expand a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any way that he's in cahoots with like the Rockies Tourism Board or something? No, they are. They hate it. They dislike it. Well, because it, it brings people to the areas. It but brings also people to the areas, but it people brings people. Die there. People have died. It brings <laughs> people who are not are being really disrespectful to the the land. Digging and, up old outhouses. And like people just turn up at his house, and like demand to come in, and it's it's crazy. Yeah, so, but he doesn't mind. That's just nice to have people over. His wife hates it, so he's not allowed to have people at the house anymore. <laughs> what a nightmare. But he, so he would have people He will over. go down and have a coffee with someone at the local bookshop oh, let's to talk him. it out, and the second they get a bit too weird, he just leaves. It's, a, it's so strange and amazing. Is he still a multi-rich man? Yeah, he's rich. Right. He's still rich. So he doesn't need to go back and get it to keep himself going. He's still fine, I believe. Yeah. He can just get normal eggs. Yeah, he doesn't need golden nuggets. All right. Oh, does he have a golden goose? Is that how he got these eggs? That's really the only thing that makes sense, yes. Mm. Oh, my God. I love this a lot. I'd love to hear people's theories. It's kind of cool. <laughs> I'd love to know where you think we should look. Yeah. No, hey, look. Hey, bit cynical there, Dave. Well, this, these two journalists, they interviewed a guy in Scotland who is, like, big into trying to figure it out. But he doesn't have the means to get over to the US. So he was sort of giving them some tips. And the agreement was that if they did find it with his theory, like, he would take 20 grand or something. They'd chuck him a couple of Because it's worth – I didn't even mention. It's worth, like, uh, well, around $2 million. It depends on – how much the things are worth at any given time, but it's a, it's around two million dollars worth. So cool, which is oh, life changing money for a lot of these people. That is life changing money. But if you're prepared to work twenty hours a day doing anything, yeah, just do something else. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. 
I have no patience, so I would not be that interested in this. 20 hours a day. How many could you earn 20 million? No, 2 what, million. 2 million. All oh, right, 2 million, 20 hours a day for how long? That's a lot of money. I'm not going to earn that in my life, right? So why million. don't I roll the dice <laughs> and maybe earn nothing for the rest of my yeah, life? And maybe die. Yeah. It's pretty it's pretty exciting. But it's kind of cool to know that maybe in our lifetime someone will find it. It's only been out for 10 years. Yeah. Someone someone's got to find it eventually, right? Surely. Why not us? Why not you? <laughs> <laughs> you talking to me? Yeah. All well, right. that's it. That's that's the story. Fantastic story. Great report, Boff. We Thank loved you. it. Thank you so much. And we're back in the room. Wow. Fantastic. And that was, Seamless. in a way, Ooh. a mystery episode Start all along. That. Yeah, love it. So good. Well, now it's time for everyone's favourite section of the show, the uh, Patreon shout-out section. Firstly, we love to do this section called the Fact, Quote, or Questions section, which has a, a little jingle. Fact, Quote, or Question. Ding. And in this, uh, we read out a fact, a quote, or a question from one of our Patreon supporters. If you want to get involved in this, you can go to patreon.com slash pod. And if you support us on the Sydney Schoenberg Deluxe Rest in Peace Memorial Edition level, you have to give us a fact, a quote, or a question, and then we'll read a couple of them out. I've said most of that already, but, jeez, it, it's a sentence so nice, I thought I'd say it twice. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this week we've got George William Hembury. Oh. And you also get to give yourself a title, and George has given himself the title Captain of the Amateur Matt Stewart Impersonators Guild. <laughs> I've never heard anyone impersonate me before, I don't what think. What about us? We do it all the time. All the time. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. maybe, maybe people impersonate me to me all the time. <laughs> little captain. You're like, well, sounds pretty normal to me, what you're doing. I think Ben Russell has maybe impersonated me to me. And he just he makes it sound like I'm a real dopey idiot. It's <laughs> which is crazy. He's, he's way off. It's way off. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he uh, George William Hembury. I'd love to hear your impersonation. Uh, although he's he's the captain of the guild. I don't know if that means he's an impersonator himself. I mean, he's the Maybe best, just an right? admin man. Right. I was assuming he's risen to As the ranks. As the captain. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, he's given us a quote. We okay. don't, I think quotes are probably the ones we get the least. Yeah, we don't get many quotes. But I'm ready to be inspired. Yes. Okay. Inspire me, George. I'm, I think most quotes we get I'm normally mildly baffled by. Sure. And I think because they're usually important quotes to the people telling us. And you, um, if people do the quotes, feel free to give us a little bit of a, a blurb of why it's important to you, if you want to. No pressure. Uh, this is without explanation from George. He writes, How f- and I don't read these until I read them. <laughs> Dave's closing his eyes, which I like. Trying he's to trying to really feel it. Taking it in. Yeah. How fleeting are all human passions compared with the massive continuity... Okay, I'm going to have another go with that. Continuity. Mm-hmm. Okay. How fleeting are all human passions compared with the massive continuity of ducks? <laughs> That's from uh, Gordy Knight by Dorothy L. Sayers. Does that name mean anything to you, Dave? No, but it would mean something to my old friend, Gary Chalk. Oh, yes, from the <laughs> the Science Hour, one of our Patreon bonus episodes. That man loves ducks. He loves, <laughs> he loves ducks. ducks. But Dorothy L. Sayers. Dorothy L. Sayers. Gaudy night or gaudy night, perhaps. How fleeting are all human passions compared with the massive continuity of ducks? I don't get it. How, how is... How is... How is... Do Gordy you get it? Spelled? 
G A U D Y. Okay, that's Gaudy. I thought you might have been like Gaudi, like oh, the, the architect. Uh, architect and Tony Gaudi. <laughs> Do you get it? I don't get it. Oh, I think they're just saying the continuity of ducks. Is that? Yeah, I don't know. One more time, from the top. Here we go. Let's How fleeting are all human passions compared with the massive continuity of ducks? I guess they, they live their life in a pretty yeah, strict like structure. Cycles. They live in cycles. They fly north for the winter or south for the winter, depending on where they're from, I guess. And <laughs> they... And then humans, <laughs> we, we zig and we zag. Oh, man, do we zig and zag. They yeah. fly in a V. Oh, is it about the mighty ducks? Maybe it's uh, a hockey thing. Now I get it, <laughs> yeah. yes. Uh, Charlie, he realised he was better off the ice as in a coaching position. Yeah. Whereas humans, you know, they don't. We never realise. We never realise that. We never realise. George, thank you so much. That's really made us think. Thank you, George. It has made us I think. love to think. Uh, and from Joel Tremblay, any relation to Alistair Tremblay Birchall? <laughs> I'm certain there is. I assume so, yes. Given himself the title of official 11th banana, which oh. is a nice reference to the primates show, he's given us a fact which I also love. Uh, and this fact is, in true Matt fashion, bracket, pause for just to say fashion. Well, I mean, it's not me who says fashion in a weird way, but okay. Fashion. <laughs> <laughs> fashion. I'll have a go just in case. <laughs> it's actually pronounced fashion. Fashion. In true Matt fashion, I haven't checked the accuracy of this fact. If you... Well, that's actually a bit rough, but okay. Um, I check all these. Later, off air. Uh, if you were to add up the combined weight of all the ants on Earth, they would weigh closely to the weight of all humans. About 8 billion humans versus 10 quadrillion individual ants. Wow. I think I've heard that before. That's too many ants. Again, I've it's never fact-checked it. That is a lot but of it ants. it sounds interesting. And I, it's, I mean, ants would be flattered by that being called individuals because they are not. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you reckon? They're all like followers. Such yes men, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. Well, someone's got to be leading them. And it's me. I am the Ant Man. I am the Ant Man. (laughs) I thought that was Paul Rudd. No, I often get confused with him. He's so hot in that movie. I get confused with him frequently. So hot and funny. He's the best. Oh, my God. Man, I love him a lot. I love him. He's so hot and so funny. He's on. I can't remember which. He's on Conan's podcast and he's just very charming. Oh, he's so charming. He's great, but Hot I just cannot bring myself to watch a film called Ant Man. <laughs> Do you just like? can't do it. Ant Man's all right. It's, it's probably they're, they're some of the least favorited films yeah. by the big Marvel fans. But I really like them. Right. I don't mind it. And yeah. I think of myself as a bit of a Marvel CU fan. That's uh, cinematic universe. I think oh. the Captain America films are my favourites. Yeah, they're they're good. But I like them all. You know, I like the Ant Man ones because it's not about saving the world from aliens coming in. It's normally from saving it from another uh, yeah. sort of insect human. I love that. I can't remember what they're about, but <laughs> I remember finding. And uh, oh, what's this actor's name? He plays a cop in it. He's one of my favourite actors. He's so good in those films. Uh, he's also from Always Be My Maybe. Have you seen that? Yeah. Oh, oh. oh what's his Park? name? Yes. Uh, fuck me. Is that his name? I know his name. Uh, uh, it's, this is tedious. Randall Park. Randall Park. He's so good. Yeah, he's great. Oh, man. And he yeah, he's in at least one of the Ant-Man movies. He's so funny in it. It's just like a, a cop who's doing his best, but he's sort of. It just doesn't quite get it. He's a great yeah. straight man. So funny in it. 
You know the straight men who are actually f- as funny as the loose man or yeah. whatever the other man is? Like uh, fool. Lano from yes. Lionel Woodley. He's, just, he's sort of the straight man, but he's so he's fucking so, loose. So funny. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Did I get through his... Fact? Yes, the ants. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. That was a great fact, Joel. Great fact. I love it. If true. And George, I'm going to be lying in bed awake tonight thinking about your quote about ducks. Uh, feel free to tweet in or whatnot or put in the, uh, the Facebook Patreon group what it means to you. And if you're actually a duck or a duck yeah. lover, like Gary Chalk. <laughs> oh, oh, mate. Uh, so that's the fat quote or question section. Like I say, get involved at patreon.com slash pod. So many uh, rewards you get, including now three bonus episodes per month starting next month, including one bonus mini report. We say mini report, but they're normally... At least an hour. They go for an hour, which is as long as these episodes we because don't do we don't Patreon have the Patreon. Yeah, you're right, actually. So it is basically, you just get a bonus report. <laughs> you get a, a random episode, which is a this game, a quiz. This month we did a Celebrity Heads. Mm-hmm. And the celebrities were people that we've talked about on the show before. Yes. So it was fun to see who remembered the most about people we've mentioned on the show. Yeah, yeah, that one's always something fun and silly, just a bit loose. Uh, the Science Hour has been a few of them, which... Uh, Definitely divided <laughs> patrons. <laughs> and but it was sort of like an improv show where we would play these sciencey characters. And the other one is, of course, the brand new Patreon exclusive podcast series that is Phrasing the Bar, where we will be going through the films one by one in chronological order of Brendan Fraser. Yes. Fraser. Still uh, don't know. Who knows? The mini reports are often some of the, my favorite reports as well. Your Greg Norman one last month. It's like, oh, that sounds like that'll be boring. But it was so good. Yeah. I love it so much. Jess has done so many great ones about the marathon, 1904 mm. marathon, <laughs> where cool. I laughed harder than I ever have in my life. <laughs> Jeff the Talking Mongoose is oh, another incredible. classic. The Nanny. We're all about that. So, yeah, a lot of fun there. Anyway, the other part of our Patreon shout-out section is where we thank a few of our long-term supporters. Uh, often the the wait is normally about a year, but I'm uh, because of our shitty system on Patreon of sorting, uh, we missed a few. So these uh, we're still going back through people we missed. Uh, I've spent a long part of my COVID-19 lockdown mm. um Going through the spreadsheets and finding the people we missed genuinely took me a couple of days uh, working full time on it. It was real fun. I actually enjoy spreadsheets, but anyway, <laughs> I'm not a virgin. And um, <laughs> uh, the, uh, uh, yes, so, you are. Uh, I'd love to thank. Oh, Jess, you normally come up with a little game. Yeah, I can't. I'm struggling a bit this time. What's in their treasure chest? Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Great. Does that, that, does that make sense? Yeah. What's in their treasure chest? That's a bit... You normally come up with a much more defined uh, game. Well, no, because I was going to be like, what's their millionaire legacy? Oh, that's better. I like I that is more. Is it? Yeah, right. I don't yeah, know. What's, what's their quest? Is that, what do they leave behind as their legacy? Yeah. Is that the same as their treasure chest, though? <laughs> it could be, but it could be something else. It could be, I want to start a spelling bee with my name attached to it every year. With a million dollars to the child <laughs> who, who spells the best. It could be whatever, <laughs> you know. Uh, so firstly, I'd love to thank from Woodland Hills in California, yay, America. <laughs> this guy's got a great name. And he's been waiting patiently since 2018. <laughs> Good two years. Jeremy Swade. Jeremy oh. Swade. Oh my, my God. God. Whoa. <laughs> Do you exist? I, don't be- I believe everyone comes up with a fake name before they sign up to our Patreon. Yeah. And that's smart. 
They've all got amazing names. Probably a nightmare for like billing discrepancies, you know. But um, just, do you feel like you meet people with these names in real life? Like I, if I you never look back, do. I went to high school, say with a hundred people in my year level. No one had a name as cool as Jeremy. No Swade. Yeah, good point. And if they did, they would have been, you know, the king of the quarterback yeah, right? prom yes, or whatever. For sure, prom king Jeremy Sway. We can only <laughs> no, assume. No, Dave, the king of the quarterback prom. Yes, <laughs> the people who signed <laughs> up is that a prom attended exclusively by quarterbacks from around the state? <laughs> yes. The, all the people who signed up either side of Jeremy Swade were thanked in episode 172. Oh, <laughs> so, wow. thank you so much for waiting patiently, Jeremy. Uh, all right. Well, what's his legacy? So, he's a multimillionaire about to die. Is he uh, going to leave a music bowl? <laughs> what's he going to leave? He's going to leave a shoe factory. Oh. Making exclusively suede shoes. Oh, oh. Jeremy Swade shoes. And, it, and so. His money goes is are the shoes for the needy. Yes. Wow. So he's leaving sh- shoes for the needy, and how does? So they invest the money mm-hmm. in the stock market or whatever, and then they use the dividends to make shoes. I yeah. love this so much. Yeah. Jeremy Sway, that is a beautiful gesture. Yeah. So needy people are getting around in uh, what's suede? That's um that's leather, right? It's like it's fe- a leather. Very leather. It's very similar to leather, yeah. And so, it's a lovely material. Suede shoes. You know the episode of Seinfeld where he's wearing a suede. It's based on his bit about how um, you can't go out in the rain in suede. Mm. He wears a jacket inside out, but the lining is pink and white stripes. So he's too embarrassed to wear it like that. So he wears it the other way around, and it ruins the suede. (laughs) And then that's so dumb. And then there's a bit. Like his stand-up bit that ties it together is like something about I'm going to butcher it. You know, he works on every word. Seinfeld, so uh, I'll do it exactly the same <laughs> as him. But something like suede, you can't go out in the rain wearing suede. It's made out of cow skin. What are they doing? Cows in the rain, and then everyone laughs. That's, that was pretty good. Yeah, look up the real version. It's funnier than that. But uh, but thank you so much, Jeremy Swade, and well done for leaving behind a shoe factory. I would also like to thank, with very little information about yourself, Ooh. including your location. Or your surname, but I'd love to thank Aiden. Thank you, Aiden. Oh, mystery Aiden. So there's <laughs> got to be some sort of mystery to Aiden's legacy as well. You know? Yes. <laughs> I was going to suggest, what if he's left behind some sort of mystery box? Okay. A la a treasure chest. <laughs> no, but I it might not this. be treasure. Oh, that's we don't good, know. actually. It's there's a, a quest box. to find the box. There might be something in there. Oh. oh, there might be nothing. So everyone who ch- chooses to play, they're offered either you can take 10 grand or what's in the mystery, <laughs> mystery box, box which you have to find. And then everyone just goes, I'll take the 10 grand. Yeah, yeah. I'll take 10 grand for sure. His uh, estate has shelled out $10 million. I, I don't care if the box has a billion dollars in it. I'll take the 10. I'll what? take 10 grand for ten doing hand. nothing. Yeah. Are you kidding me? So if you oh, want hang on. I can have 10 grand cash now when I get to go home. Yeah, 10 grand cash, please. Well, all those game shows, TV game shows that have that kind of option where you yeah. can take the money or take the play mystery on. or play on or take the mystery box basically the same idea you're playing for the ch- uh, gambling what you've yeah. got i'm like no matter what it is i'll take the cash <laughs> it's like you've got 500 dollars. yes i used you. to be a big gambler and now since i've basically quit gambling i haven't gambled anything f- since 2013 so you I think. won't so if someone said to you, you can have this sale of the century board game and commemorative key ring or you can play on tomorrow night and play for 10 grand you're like i'll take the board game the key ring oh uh, look i still know odds i think i'll i'll, I'll gamble away the key ring <laughs> this idiot 
Dave. Might have been 2014. 2014 was the last time I gambled on something, and it was in the Melbourne Cup, and the horse I bet on died of a heart attack. Oh, no. <laughs> hey, um, I mean, that's funny in how tragic that is. It's yeah. pretty funny. I realised, because I'd already been toying with the idea that um, horse racing was a bit cruel on the horses. I'm like, all right, I think that feels like a sign. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Can I thank some people as well? I'd love it if you did. I would love to thank from Edinburgh, Ooh. Tom Gray. Oh, Tom fantastic. Gray. I love, so some names, like that doesn't sound like, a, it's sort of like, it's so plain that it is magnificent. It's beautiful. It's, yeah. It sounds like a character still. And it sounds like like a, a character living in Edinburgh. Totally, because yeah. Edinburgh, it's very grey, but that's I would have when called, it's most beautiful. Oh, it's so I would have gorgeous. called him Tom Sandstone. Because <laughs> it's all the buildings there. <laughs> I'm, lo- I'm looking at the, cam- uh, the cameras as if uh, anyone's watching this. <laughs> no one's watching this. I do that a lot at home as well. I'll <laughs> say something funny when I'm by myself and then turn to the camera that isn't there. <laughs> Okay. I've said too much. <laughs> no, I appreciate you sharing that, um, <laughs> you psycho. Uh, I was listening to Conan's podcast this week and he mentioned how that's how he wants to die. He, he wants to die, uh, know he's about to die in 10 seconds and then say something and look to the imaginary camera and, <laughs> and then, then die. That's good. <laughs> that is good stuff. So right. what would be Tom Gray's legacy? Oh, okay. So I reckon he's, like, he's got millions and I think he's going to put it into um, caring for pigs. Yes. <laughs> so I think he cares a lot about... Any pigs that uh, are found by his organisation to be mistreated, uh, he, he will purchase those pigs and then um, pamper them. So it'll be the, the pam- pampered piggery and these pigs will just live like kings for the rest of their lives. Or just, queens. Just pigs? Just pigs. No, so if if he or hogs, you know anyone in the in the pig family. But if anybody from his organisation goes to a farm and sees pigs and cows and horses being mistreated, they just take the pigs. Well, you know he's only one dead I man. Know, I'm just checking. So like, maybe, but maybe they'd like notify the people who look yeah, after horses. Yeah, I'm sure they'd notify the. Yeah, they'd notify another horse millionaire. Yeah. yeah okay. No, and the cow millionaire, and each yeah. go through the species. Well, that sounds really lovely. And um, Tom well Gray, Tom we Gray. thank you for your legacy. That's Tom beautiful. Gray. Great work. Pampered pigs. Um, I would also love to thank from Dallas. Oh, yes. Where are Pantera's from? Tony Sandoval. Sandoval? Sandoval. 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 Sounds great. Tony Sand- what about Tony has dedicated his legacy yep. to getting the world's second tallest mountain and building it up and then also demolishing the top of Mount Everest? So that the second tallest mountain becomes wow. the tallest mountain. Is that... Um, How do you build up a mountain? What, Just give what, it compliments? Yeah, you, well, you've got to start there. You start there. You get you're doing great. How hey, you, you're, hey. Like, you're not number two in my eyes. You're real tall. Is um, K2 number two? Why is it called K2? I think it's because it has an unpronounceable name. Oh, right. It's native tongue. I, uh, I love this idea. Did you ever watch... Are you a Ryan H.G. fan? Uh, a little bit. They're these. Uh, they're sort of a parody sports commentating duo in Australia. They're so funny. They in the Sydney Olympics in 2000, they had a show called The Dream, and then uh, for the next Winter Olympics, they had a show called The Ice Dream. <laughs> and they started a campaign during that show because Australia doesn't have any mountains tall enough to host the Winter Olympics. Right. So they started a campaign Is to have right? Mount Kosciuszko's Peak to be built up high enough so that it could host the Winter Olympics. 
and uh, the the closest town is called Smiggins Hole. <laughs> so they're like, where we want the Smiggins tilt, Smiggins twenty ten or whatever their <laughs> idea was, and they 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 want they were starting a campaign for people to donate their rubbish. So we'd build up uh, Mount Kosciuszko with rubbish until it was tall enough oh, to host the Olympics. That's beautiful. The Smiggins tilt. Once it's covered in snow, you'd never know. You wouldn't. Exactly. Well, maybe that's the way that he's going to do it. Good on you, Tony. Yeah, so first with compliments and then with and then rubbish. With rubbish. <laughs> Dave, do you want to thank some people to bring us home? Yes. Would you mind if I borrowed your lovely iPad? Of because course. my phone has shut itself and is no longer connected. And while we do that, I, I, I thought to Pantera from Dallas, but they're actually from Arlington. Which oh. I don't know why I thought they were from Dallas. Maybe they were living in Dallas? Anyway, listen to the uh, Pan- Pantera podcast where I would have explained all of that. Mm-hmm, yeah. The Pantera episode of our podcast. I haven't started a new podcast called the Pantera oh, podcast. Imagine. You'd love that. I'd call it Hell Yeah! <laughs> a podcast. So, mate, you're right, K2 is the second tallest mountain. Well oh, done. So that's just a coincidence. or maybe that's but, then, uh, but that must be why it's called. But I think right. it does have another name. Right. Uh, also known as Chigori. Ah. Spelt with C-double-H. Don't say that too often. There you go. Uh, well, he's going to build up K2 to be taller than Mount Everest to take away... He's, the, Mount Everest has had that title for too long, I think. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be good. Move over, Everest. Yeah. <laughs> All right, pop down. Uh, the other way we could do it is knock the top off Everest. Yeah, Dynamite. that's probably easier. That would be easier. Let's All just right, blow the top off Everest. All right, I'm, I'm for it. <laughs> Hey, it's Tony's legacy. He can decide. Okay, okay but I, if Tony wants me to do it with his millions, I'll do it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's just, all he does with his millions is buy Blow dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I would like to thank from the Australian Capital Territory. Oh, oh yes. Oh, uh, back up Capital Hill where the bloody, the, the big top, the, the circus up there. <laughs> I would like to thank Ansys Eversons. Oh, what a Ansys. name. Ansys. Ansys Eversons. I love that so much. All right, so what I think um, they're going to do, Bob, you're going to have to explain why this is uh, a, a good thing to do. Okay. Because I haven't thought of it yet. I'm just going to say a thing, freeballing here. Yep. Uh, Ansys Eversons is going to purchase all of the world's aniseed. And then what do they do with it? I'm, and then, I'm not entirely sure what aniseed it's is. It's what used to make licorice flavouring, which I hate. They're yeah. going to buy up all the Me aniseed too. and throw it in the ocean. <laughs> but then, like, the so fish the whales will taste can enjoy like, it? <laughs> then fish will taste like aniseed, oh. Dave. You cannot get rid of it. You have to burn it. All right, burn all of the aniseed. Burn I hate it, it all. Too. I hate licorice. It's a disgusting oh, flavour. I think uh, you've helped me realise why that came to mind. I was thinking it was just because uh, his or her name is a little bit like aniseed, Ansys. But it's also because this week, every couple of weeks, I'll buy a block of dark chocolate. And to mix it up a bit this week, I bought uh, licorice, dark licorice chocolate, which has been pretty good. But it's not my favourite. Nuts are always better. But yeah, I tell you what, you were telling me, was it the start of this episode or maybe off air, you were saying how my favourite chocolate is fruit and nut. Fruit and nut. That is not. That was maybe when I was a kid. But my favourite now is... uh, Lint dark chocolate chili. Ooh, oh my god! So interesting. They graduated in taste. It's so good. I love Hot it. Tip. I love a chocolate with salt. That I was going to say. That's my number two. Love salt so much. Lint dark chocolate with salt's brilliant. And then the next one would be the hazelnuts or the almond nutty ones. Yeah, I right. tell you what, I'm disappointed that you don't remember that fruit and nut thing because, uh, as a semi joke yesterday, I bought you a block of it's coconut rough fruit and nut from Big W that was on special. It was. Down from $5 to 30 cents. 
That's how much I, Do you I like coconut rough? Yeah, I love made, both I, of those so I much. I saw fruit and nut and I thought, I've got to buy this for Matt because he loves fruit and nut so much, which you apparently don't. No, I, I'd love, I don't remember telling that origin oh, right. story. I'm, yeah, I don't Don't rem- let me forget, I've got it in my bag here. To but I, I love both those things. I definitely rem- remember loving fruit and nut. And I reckon it was just because it was around. I wouldn't have known about the others too much. That's so But I good. love it. Yeah, it's so hated, this flavour, that it's 30 cents. That's amazing. That did not come off. Because that's two great flavours separately. Are they an abomination I'd together? I'd love to know your review. Maybe. Let's find out. Uh, and thank you to Antis for supporting the show, first of all, and also for destroying the filth that is licorice. Thank you. Thank you. And finally, I'd like to thank Kieran McCleary, who's r- supporting us from Monofeith, Angus, Great Britain. Fantastic. Wow. Angus, is Angus, that's got to be in Scotland, right? Feels like? Yes. I think so. But I, I've never heard of Monofeith. Monofeith. Uh, Kieran McCleary, and that's a fantastic Scottish that's name. That's incredible. McCleary. Kieran McCleary. And Kieran, fuck, I started talking like I had something confident, and now I've just sort of, because I've started with this tone, now it's on me to come up with something. What about Kieran's doing a great service to people? Yep. Actually, no, no. Um, <laughs> sorry, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> what were you thinking? <laughs> well, I was going to say he's doing a great service to people and um, buying back um, sex tapes that people don't want out in the world. That but, is great. But then it's supporting oh. people that are selling them against the oh, other person's yeah, will. Okay, that is so great. I decided that that was probably not so nice. Okay. Because right. it becomes like a blackmail well, type may- thing. Maybe he's doing it in a way where he's he's not buying it back, he's conning it back. Yay, oh, okay, great. He yes. cons it back. Cons it back. He cons so it back. So he. he, he he buy he pays for it all with checks, and the checks always bounce. Yeah, <laughs> but he gets away with it. And the people who check uh, when once they they go to cash them in, the cops are waiting for them, yeah. and they go away. So he he gets the tapes back. He's like Dexter Somehow who get... murders serial killers, you know? Right. Yes, oh, he's I've never seen good. that. And I just looked up Monofeith. That is in Scotland, uh, the closest big city nearby is Dundee, oh, cool. oh, very, which is very where nice. Stuart's Dundee decanters from, a cheap <laughs> scotch with my <laughs> surname on it, <laughs> oh, because uh, listeners, as they probably know, Stuart being a very uh, Scottish uh, name. Very uh, Swiss. Well, look, I'm one Italian. eighth Swiss Italian. Not quite. I, well, I think one quarter, but I'm allowing one eighth Swiss Italian, <laughs> uh, and then I'm something like... One eighth Scottish or one quarter Scottish, okay. and then the rest is pretty much Irish. Right. Fascinating, isn't it? <laughs> I, I agree. Yeah. yeah, it's great. It's I mean the just the family history is always really interesting. I'd be so keen to do one of those DNA breakdowns, but I've heard they just they keep your DNA yeah. on file. I'm like I don't want them to have my DNA. I just, just want to know what it is, just yeah. in case you become a serial killer. Is that why? Well, I, d- I don't know. It feels like something should. You know, it just feels weird for a privately owned company to have that kind yeah. of information. Yeah, it does Or anyone, good. really, apart from maybe your doctor. Your doctor. Your doctor. Well, there we go. We've done Thanks it. to all the Patreon supporters. We uh, appreciate that. We'll shout out to, um, to you one day. We'll get to you. We promise. We'll get there. Promise. Uh, Sorry for the people that's been a delay for. But that's not quite the end. No. Uh, Jess, as I look to see if anyone's being inducted in the Triptage Club, yes. uh, Dave, do you want to explain what the Triptage Club is? And Jess, then, do you want to give us a, an hors d'oeuvre of course. and a cocktail for them to, to enjoy this yes. week? Fantastic. Everyone who's already in there, as well as these new inductees. So there's a relatively new uh, Patreon reward where we uh, are shouting out to people that are su- have been supporting the show at the shout-out level for three years. 
consecutively with no breaks. And for those people, just to give them an extra big thank you, we've come up with a little club called the Trip Ditch Club because they've been mm-hmm. supporting the show for over three years. And uh, there's not too many people in this club so far. So it's quite exclusive. And um, it's a bit of a party club, though. Yeah. And this week, actually, it's more like a um, it's a bottomless brunch kind of vibe. Oh, this wow. Weekend. Mimosas. So no pants. <laughs> <laughs> But pancakes. (laughs) We've got um, mimosas, yes, espresso martinis and Bloody Marys. Wow. Those are the three drink specials. Obviously, um, any coffee, tea, juices and stuff that you want if you don't want to drink. There's no pressure. Um, But then (laughs) food-wise... That was real fun. (laughs) like that character. (laughs) I think I was channeling a little bit of a Laura Dunneman character. Oh, yeah, I can hear that. Yeah. Jeez, she does a good character. She's very funny. Um... Uh, but then food-wise, we've got uh, baskets of assorted pastries, um, danishes, oh, yeah. croissants, chocolate croissants. Oh, well, almond croissants? Yes. Almond croissants. There's also um, a pancake station where um, this gentleman named Carl will make oh, you pancakes. Carl. Thanks, fantastic. Carl. He's, he's a wizard with that thing. Yeah, um, what? Uh, you've got to ask him for his... Uh, Tomato-infused pancake. That's my hot tip. Tomato pancake. Oh, my brain was saying strawberry, but my mouth said tomato. <laughs> strawberry pancake, delicious. Choc chip pancake, very good. His savoury tomato pancake yeah, is to die just for. Just to die for. So, yeah, we've basically got a breakfast buffet. Um, I want to be there. And I will be you soon. Will be. As soon as we clock off, I'm yeah, going to we'll d- duck into the club. Thank goodness for that. Because every other buffet in Australia has been shut down. Thank God we can keep going. Not the Trip Dips Club one, baby. Uh, so we so are, after all that, is there anyone eating these pancakes? Because <laughs> I well, came up with some good stuff. I lo- it looks like I've missed a couple of people, but I vaguely remember inducting them before. So just in case, I'll quickly say uh, Anna Casey from Canberra and Isaac Smith from uh, Leeds in West Yorkshire. Great to have you in. Leeds, Leeds, so Leeds, good Leeds, to have Leeds. you guys in. I, I, I half remember saying bringing you in before, but if you're already in, you're in again. Uh, and only one more uh, who will be... Uh, entering just today, he becomes eligible. Oh. Today, the day the episode comes out, from Kelowna in BC, Canada, BC British being Columbia. British Columbia. Yeah. It's another fantastic Where man, Dustin Bullchild. Dustin Bullchild. Wow! Welcome Good into the club, heavens, Dustin. That's fantastic. Good lord. Good lord. Please, Dustin, as a new inductee, uh, go straight to the front of the line. Carl will absolutely sort you out this week. Oh yeah. But everyone else in there, all the all the great uh, names have inducted over recent times. Uh, yeah, definitely check out that uh, station there with Carl. Fantastic. Yum yum yum. Tick. Well, I guess that does bring us to the end of the episode. Again, yeah. if you want to get involved with Patreon and support the show whilst getting all the extra stuff, go to patreon.com slash do go on pod. Do it. And uh, while you're on, got your finger on the browser, why not go to do go on pod.com and uh, click through also to our Patreon, but also you can suggest an episode that way. An episode topic, I should say. You can uh, check out our merchandise. We've got t-shirts and pins for sale. You can... Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Do Go On Pod. We've got an email, dogoonpod at gmail.com. That's right. We yeah. are branching out online. <laughs> yeah, we, we do all the big three. We've got a lot. Website, email address, etc. Yeah. <laughs> TikTok, no. 
Absolutely not. I think TikTok's been ruined in the last couple of weeks. I'm sure kids will jump off it now because AFL coaches are doing them. Oh, get out Like 50-year-old men with their there. kids doing dances on there. I'm like, I think TikTok's over. <laughs> yeah, you've ruined it. Another thing middle-aged men have ruined. <laughs> anyway, let's get out of here. Yeah, thank you so much for listening to the, the two. To the episode. We'll be back next week with another report. But until then, I'll say thank you and goodbye. Later. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want, it's up to you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.